Another headline out of Iowa, the Iowa State Fair this week, Vivek Ramaswamy rapping to Eminem's Lose Yourself. The song was played after his fair-side chat with the Iowa governor, and Ramaswamy went with it. Please stop. Rapping several bars of the Oscar-winning Let's, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the words of Gene Wilder and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Flat Factory, please don't stop. Wow. That happened. Morning, Joe. Wow. Little envy there, Joey. Yeah, I did the math. I believe Vivek. Ramaswamy, that's how you pronounce it, Mika. Vivek Ramaswamy had more people see his rapping version of Lose Yourself than Joe has had anyone hear any of his music over the entirety of existence of man. Because Joe fancies himself. Remember, he's, he's, a, he's a guy in a band when he's not speechifying. On Morning Joe. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on the Chris Plant Show. Yeah, that the clip of Vivek Ramiswamy made the rounds uh, all weekend after he walked out on stage. And, you know, everybody knows the lyrics to that song. But what's the big stinking deal? Uh, w- was Joe that offended? Remember when Bill Clinton went on MTV and played the saxophone? Or was he on? No, he was on. He was on the Arsenio Hall show playing the saxophone. Uh, would Joe have said, stop that? Oh, that's when he was a Republican. That's right. That's when he was a Republican back in the day. Not anymore. But to, really, to get so upset. And truly, I think it's because of the envy. That clip went viral. It was everywhere this weekend. It's everywhere Saturday, Sunday, and now today again. And uh, just, just on... Uh, even on Morning Joe, I think more people heard that than heard Joe's music ever. Oh, it's danceable, mystified by Joey Scarborough. I, he feels like he's got his new age roots poking out more than the roots of his frosted hair. It's a real toe tapper, isn't it? Make it stop. Somewhere in Gitmo, they're playing that trying to get people to talk, the remaining prisoners in Gitmo. Uh, it's so sad, so sad for those guys. And uh, I'm, I'm not predicting that uh, Vivek will, will break through and become the nominee. I, I think he's uh, a great ambassador for conservatism. I think he will bring young blood into the campaign. I think he will get young people thinking, hey, wait a minute, maybe we don't have to be sheep. Maybe we can be independent thinkers. Maybe, just maybe this whole, I don't know, capitalism thing could work. Yeah, it's kind of what that is. I, I think this is a, a, a big thing for the party. If you look, if you compare the two parties, which party is the party of diversity and which party is the party of, of really a youth move, movement? Now, you think, of course, uh, the Democrats have 80-year-old Joe Biden The Republicans have at the top currently, it's Donald Trump, President Trump, 77 years old. So we already start with a three-year age advantage. And then you start going through the other candidates. Uh, 
Kennedy's in his late 60s. They're not going to allow him to debate. Uh, Marianne Williamson, I'm not sure her age, uh, but that's all they've got. And then you look across the board at uh, Vivek and you look at Governor DeSantis and yeah, you just go up to Nikki Haley. Uh, it's, it's at least a two decade age advantage. And the diversity, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, it is a diverse diverse party the GOP it's not the old white guys at the country club that would be the uh, Democrats these days and and speaking of the Democrats I learned something from the Associated Press I know what you're thinking how dare you Mike how dare you yeah every now and then I I follow uh, the Associated Press and see what stories they're pushing and one of the stories that surprised me over the weekend dealt with Barack Obama And I was doing a little digging into Barack Obama because everybody's saying, hey, he has been the puppet master behind Joe Biden's presidency. It is uh, Obama 3.0, the third term of Barack Obama. And you could make that argument. You can make that argument on many topics. The green agenda, the, the, uh, the craziness around the transgender movement and the the push to have people accepting this, which doesn't make sense. And now we have so many countries in Europe, so many of those European countries that Democrats love to say, well, we should be more like Europe. Well, then we should stop all the transgender stuff because you're seeing it stopped in Sweden and I believe Norway and a handful of other countries are saying, no, we're not going to allow kids to be mutilated anymore. We're not going to allow kids to be Uh, given uh, hormones that are going to change their lives forever. We're going to stop that. We should be more like them now. I agree with the Democrats on that. But uh, Barack Obama, the puppet master, I believe, he raised just in the last year. I want to make sure I get the number right because, you know, then I'll get called on this one. He raised in the last year the Obama Foundation. Why do they all need foundations? Aren't they wealthy enough? And what do these foundations do? And who's getting all the money from these foundations? The Obama Foundation raised in 2022, remember, we were still in the pandemic, $311.4 million in contributions and grants. That's according to the tax filings from the Obama Foundation. $311 million. The most it has made since the foundation was established in 2014. That's from their spokesperson. And it's almost double of what they made in the previous year. So in 2021, the Obama Foundation raised $160.2 million. Now, they did get some help from some uh, mega donors. A guy named uh, Brian Chesky of Airbnb and Jeff Bezos. I, I think we all know who Jeff Bezos is. They each gave $100 million towards uh, programming. Interesting use of that term, right? Programming? Hmm. Programming. Isn't that what the Democrats are trying to do to American youth? Programming them? Yeah, so $100 million each given towards programming in, in the Obama Foundation. And Chesky, who must have just a whole bunch of money, gave a, an additional $25 million in unrestricted funds. What does that mean? What does unrestricted funds, who is monitoring this? Because I'm sure this is nonprofit. 
I'm sure that this is some kind of uh, organization meant to take care of friends. Since they started fundraising for the Obama Presidential Center, that started in 2017. The foundation has raised a total of $1.1 billion. $1.1 billion. And two summers ago, even before they broke ground on the uh, building in Jackson Park in Chicago, the foundation set a total goal of $1.6 billion by 2026 to finance construction and establish an endowment to sustain it. They're set to complete this in 2025. Hmm. So they're on track. They're, they say, according to the, all these reports, that the construction costs totaled $222 million by the end of 2022. That's up from $144.5 million the year before, I'm sure. They're going to spend $700 million to build the Obama Center, a temple to Barack Hussein Obama. I wonder if, if in this center, which I'm sure there will be a museum, if they will include any of the um, curious notes that have been shared recently from some of Obama's former girlfriends with some of the curious fantasies that he talked about. I wonder if those will get shared. I, I, I doubt it. I don't think those will be in the museum, but maybe at the opening of the Obama Center, which apparently is just a couple of years off, Maybe the opening, um, Barack Obama will invite people from his past. When he, when he was in Indonesia, for example, he had a nanny when he was a kid. Barack Obama's nanny, when he was eight, eight to ten years old, he had this one nanny for two years. I had no idea. I thought they went to Indonesia. I didn't know they, they lived a life where they were so privileged they had a nanny. I grew up, we didn't have a nanny. We had one of nine kids. You were part of the teams that did all the nanny type stuff. And mom drove everybody back and forth to school and football practice, etc. But this story appeared on the AP. And there actually was a video telling the story of Barack Obama's nanny. And he's been getting... I guess, a woke education indoctrination now for decades. I learned something about Barack Obama's nanny, who, by the way, lives in squalor right now in Indonesia. Maybe a, maybe give her a job at the Obama Center, a little something. Maybe she makes a living washing clothes for people in Indonesia, in squalor. But here's the rest of the story. She was once nanny to President Barack Obama. Evie says she's always been proud that the person she cared for, drove to school and cooked for, ended up being number one in the world. The future president was just eight years old at the time. In the late 1960s, his mother, Ann Dunham, married her second husband and moved to Indonesia. Dunham was impressed by Evie's cooking ability and offered her a job. Now, I have to pause this for a second because as I'm listening to this, Barack Obama's mom was impressed by Evie's cooking ability. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Indonesia where Barack Obama tasted dog and talked about it in one of his biographies? Yeah, he did taste it. I wonder if Evie was, was the dog cooker. Well, let's get back to the story. For two years, Evie lived with Obama and his family in this Jakarta home, but she thinks the young Obama didn't know one fundamental truth about her. 
wait, wait for it. One fundamental truth about the possible dog-cooking nanny of Barack Obama. Born a man, Evie identifies as a woman. Evie says Ann Dunham might have known she was transgendered, but she never dressed as a woman in front of young Barry. And it was a time of brutal dictatorship when soldiers would beat and round up so-called banshees. Evie has struggled through life, saying she's never found suitable work since Obama and his family left the country in the early 1970s. But she says Obama's election gave her a reason to feel proud for the first time in a long time. Matt Friedman, Associated Press. Good work, Matt. I had never heard that story. And what a horrible thing to have to be oppressed in your life, in your country. And you wonder if those two years of service mean anything to the Obama. So I'm just throwing that out there. A possibility that maybe with the 300 plus million raised just last year for the Obama Center, the 160 million for the Obama Center the year before, the 25 million given for un- un- unrestricted use. Maybe, just maybe the Obamas can be, you break off something for your former nanny and bring them to America. I'm just offering a little tip. I didn't hear that story before today. I'm glad I looked into the Obamas and the Obama Center. Won't have the letters from the former girlfriends. I can guarantee you the letters will not be there. No, can't have those. All right, phones are open. We have so much more to get to. Um, 888-630-9625, 888-630-9625. Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant on the Chris Plant Show. Away from the dinner table, I was introduced to dog meat, tough, snake meat, tougher, and roasted grasshoppers, crunchy. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Book by this July 31st for extra savings. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It is the Chris Plant Show. Mike Opelka in for Chris today. I believe he'll be back tomorrow and uh, we'll have more fun than the law will permit. By the way, um, speaking of by the way, using that term too many times, uh, Representative Greg Stubbe has apparently filed articles of impeachment against Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. for, um, well, a myriad crimes which we we now believe he has committed. Many of us believe. I, I looked at a, an infographic about all of the money that was brought in by the Biden crime family, and we have the receipts. We just need uh, a, a Justice Department willing to actually do the investigation and, and lay it out for the American people. You're not going to get the American people listening to a congressional committee because, you know, Democrats freak out when they actually hear that one of their own has been fleecing the country. That's currently what it looks like to me. 
and to most people who understand the truth. Uh, we'll get back to uh, more from Iowa, but I, I've been I've been laughing at how much has been said by Democrats trying to tell us that uh, Binomics is working. And uh, I, I was watching a clip this morning from the RNC, and I'm I'm happy to see that the RNC Twitter account is actually focusing on this kind of information, showing the American people what the left is telling us when we we ask questions. I, I was just watching this uh, this clip with Jen Snarky, who was uh, talking with uh, Biden's top economic advisor, top economic advisor Brian Deese about uh, about the mess we have. With Bidenomics and just how come how come nobody supports the president and his thoughts on the economy? In polls, the American public, almost half of them, don't feel like the economy is going well. What do you? I know you're focused on the policy side, always have been, but you're a politically savvy guy too. I mean, what do you attribute that to? Well, everything's going badly, and everything costs too much at the grocery. Oh, Brian D says his own feelings. Look, I think there's two things going on. One is we have just been through a period of economic trauma. The COVID crisis and its aftermath was unlike anything that this country has lived through in 100 years. And so we're in a period of transition, and it's going to take some time. The second thing is that the economic anxiety that people feel has been years and decades in the making as well. And so people naturally are hesitant to except when they see progress on the horizon. They want to know, is that progress going to continue? So no, the light at the end of the tunnel is a train with you people. It's not prosperity. Trust me, we all remember. We're all um, old enough to remember two and a half years ago when inflation was half of what it is today, when gas was pretty darn close to half of what it is today, when you didn't have to take out your 401k and start chipping away at it in order to pay the bills because everything's getting more expensive. Rents are on the rise once again. You can't just tell the people that, oh, you're missing it. Things are getting better when they are not. Eggs got cheaper, but that's just because we got through the bird flu and we got more chickens laying more eggs. That's how that works, but you guys don't get it. The American people understand the truth. The Democrats do not. Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. It is The Chris Plant Show on a Monday. My name is Mike Opelka sitting in for Chris today. I expect him back tomorrow. So many things I want to try and squeeze in here. We were talking briefly about the um, the Bidenomics thing. The sale of the Bidenomics is um, is not going well. And I, I just wonder if they're going to have to mark it down, if they're going to have to offer discounts to people who are trying to use the Bidenomics. One of Biden's top economic advisors, other than uh, Mr. Deese, who was on with Jen Snarky, is, um, is a guy named uh, Steve Benjamin. And apparently in, in Bidenomics, it's all about the Benjen, Benjamins, as uh, evidence on MSNBC this past weekend with uh, Mr. Benjamin talking about Bidenomics. At least I think he is. 
He's he's not wanting to talk now. Oh wow, isn't that amazing? Michael and I both had this this clip queued up and now the uh the internet is not uh, cooperating. So we'll get back to, we'll get back to Mr. Benjamin. Maybe. Uh he did want us to know that the proof is in the pudding of Bidenomics. I I believe the expression is the proof in the pudding is in the tasting. And so far, Bidenomics doesn't taste very well to me. Just throwing that out there. Um, I want to readdress a topic we talked about earlier today. The the horrible situation in the island of Maui and the people who've lost uh, everything. They've lost relatives. Lives have been lost. Almost 100. I expect that number might even go up higher. Uh, as as the uh, recovery is now in full effect, and there there are so many people going there now to try and help Hawaii rebuild, uh, I do hope the president stays away, and I hope um, more of these super rich folks will get into their wallets and and help by throwing money to to the folks who have lost everything. Uh, but in the area of is it Lahaina? I'm I'm not someone who's been to Hawaii, so I don't know all the pronunciations correctly. That area, which looked like a bomb was dropped on it. The cars burned out, now covered in ash and soot, where homes once stood are gone. There is the one church that miraculously uh, survived. Anyone, um, Anyone see that story and not understand the power? Yes, I agree. But I also addressed earlier that I think... Um, the speculation, all of the rumors that are floating out there that we all have to be careful and allow investigations to happen. I seriously doubt Oprah Winfrey was plotting to burn out the property that she wanted to purchase. Uh, I'm sorry, people. There is an investigation into the power company to see if they were um, negligent in handling of the emergency where they could have turned off the power as the wind swept across the island, knocked down wires, and then the fires began. Hot power lines have a tendency to do that. So for the people out there jumping on this and saying, oh, this is a plot by the rich to burn out everybody who lived there. I'm sorry, I I disagree with that. Let's have an investigation. I, I think that kind of speculation is worse than Maisie Hirono telling people it's from climate change that the the mayor or the governor of Hawaii saying it's a climate change caused this. As we heard last week from NASA, that's right, NASA. NASA and the European Space Agency identified the reason we've had such hot summers the past couple of years, thanks to a gigantic Pacific volcano underwater that threw enough water to fill 78,000 Olympic swimming pools into our stratosphere that created this warming that will last for a couple of summers, a couple of years. It is a naturally occurring thing. And just as uh, Mount Etna erupted in Sicily, near Sicily over the weekend, and will cause the particulate into the atmosphere, which will cause some cooling in that area, that's how this happens. It's not because you use the leaf blower. So I put, I put the rumors and the speculation on par with the climate change stuff. Until we have actual proof, I just think it's a, a gigantic waste of time to go chasing this stuff. 
Yes. I, I'm, I'm sticking with that. I'm sticking with that story. I, I did want to focus on a couple of things that came out on the Sunday talk shows this weekend. And I'll get back to those in a minute as I see uh, the phones are lighting up a little bit. Alan is ringing from Chicago. Alan listening on WLS in uh, my old hometown, Chicago. Welcome, sir. What's on your mind? Michael, we're, we're looking at the economy, and so is Biden, short term. Our big problem is long term. There are so many entitlements on the books, Social Security, Medicare, et cetera, that are going to destroy the country. You know, Gordon Shank wrote an interesting book about the, uh, the pending collapse of China. We're not that far behind. Our debt today is greater than it was at the end of World War II, yet they didn't have the Great Society. They only had the beginning of, uh, of Social Security. We have to focus on making changes that will carry us forward, not a year, not two years, but for decades. And as yeah, far Alan, as uh, climate change, yes, go ahead. I, I was going to say, let's, let's do this one at a time. You're, you're spot on when you talk to our long-term debt. It's eating us up, and we don't even know it. It's eating us up ahead of time. And today's the anniversary of FDR signing the Social Security Act. Uh, we do need to have a conversation but all the politicians, all those people that were in Iowa this weekend, they're all afraid to have that honest statement that is going to have to tell Gen Z that you're not going to have as much unless we make serious changes. And they're afraid to because those entitlements, they are the, the true third rail of politics. And it starts with Social Security. Uh, Greece was there, what, about 12 years ago? And nobody paid attention. They had a retirement age, full retirement at 50. And until they make, and the debt was mounting from all the money that was loaned to them to, uh, to build roads and bridges. And that ties in with what Gordon Chang wrote about in The Coming Collapse of China, the book that uh, foretold what might be our future as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on the debt policies. It's a huge problem that is looming out there. It truly is for the kids and grandkids of the people alive today. Uh, what was the climate change comment you wanted to make? Well, no, let me just say, Milton Friedman wanted to end Social Security over a 30-year period. To me, I'm 71 years old. We take resources from young people they could use to make their lives better, and we tell them we'll pay you back in 70 years. I mean, this is absurd. Look at what's happened, young people. They stole it, they wasted it, and you're hung up on it. You're, you're the guys on the, on the hook. Yeah, they are. As far as climate yeah, change, I, I read uh, Joe Bastardi's book. Uh, look up uh, Michael Christie of University of Alabama, Birmingham. He has uh, environmental uh, climate models going back 50 years. This is not true. What they are telling us is not true. And what you just stated now is certainly a big factor. There's more volcanoes under the ocean than on the surface of the, of the Earth. Oh, yeah. And this one, it's 500 feet below the surface of the ocean. It's near Tonga. It's in the South Pacific. The eruption spewed a minimal amount of uh, ash and particulate into the atmosphere. But the biggest uh, eruption was that of the water shooting up into our stratosphere, which starts at 8,000 feet. So that water, that 78,000 Olympic swimming pools full of water, went way up into the atmosphere into, I'm sorry, past the atmosphere into the stratosphere. And it acts like a, uh, like a, a, um, a reflective agent. If you took a, a, a plastic bag, a lunch baggie, and you put water in it and made it real tight, you could actually hold it up to the sun and reflect the light and start a fire with it. So that's what's kind of happening 
up in the stratosphere that's been heating the climate, heating the planet for the past year and a half. And it's going to continue for a couple more years. NASA wrote about it, and so did the European Space Agency. It is not a, um, it's not a pipe dream that I'm chasing. It's actual scientific fact and not Maisie Hirono and the others uh, blaming the climate or blaming your uh, lawnmower, your, your gas-powered car, any of the other stuff. But uh, uh, thank you for the clarity. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the debt and policies. We have to make um, we have to make the truth no longer something we uh, dig in a hole and throw it in and cover it up. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate you. Uh, let's grab one more while we're here. Donna's in Frederick, Maryland. One of the regulars. Hello, Donna. What's on your mind on this Monday? Hi. Good, good morning to you, and thanks for a great show. I love it when you fill in. You do thank an you. awesome job and. And I want to say to you, uh, with respect to ballot harvesting, um, where I consider people on the right to be above having to do with the left does in any way. And I say that because President Trump has reminded us that everything he does is by the letter of the law, by the Constitution, honoring our founding fathers. And, uh, of course, everyone else wants to bury that. And I, I think in the court of public opinion— we're actually seeing Trump's campaign right now. We're seeing the truth. And I think over time, there will be power in numbers going to, uh, to vote. I hope we have a vote. That's going to be interesting, too. It's going to be a bumpy ride, I think, going, going down this, because at some point, things are going to converge. And uh, as we awaken... And many, many on the, the left and the center are now. I think we're going to see huge changes. I'm well, just Donna, Donna, I'm going to. I agree with you that that we have a, a serious road ahead of us. But wherever it's legal, wherever it's legal, if the Democrats are ballot harvesting, if it's legal, we should be doing the same. If it's early voting and it's legal, we should be doing the same. We have to play by their rules until we get to bring real rules back to the election process. It sounds it sounds like I'm advocating for stuff we screamed about in the last election. But yeah, if they tweaked the rules and made it legal, then we're allowed to play by those rules that they created to beat them at their own game. And I think it's necessary for us to do it. I don't think it's stooping if it's legal. And I'll stand by that to the day I'm, I'm not here anymore. I think it's really important for us to make sure we go after it because they did and they beat us. And they're, they're not going to give up. They're not going to let... Trust me, we're up against a formidable opponent. We got the House back barely. We need to get the Senate back. And that requires great candidates with, with great conservative platforms and an engaged electorate that will go out and vote. And will go out and vote at the same level that the Democrats will. Because trust me, they're getting ready to push as hard as they can, harder than they ever have. And we just have to be better every single step of the way. And uh, I, I, for one, will be there cheering and screaming at the whole time. Uh, I'm going to take a break early because I'm going to try and come back and wrap up with a couple more clips that were giving us a hard time. I think we got it fixed. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on the Chris Plant Show. 
Chris Plant Show. Sans Chris today. Mike Opelka in for Chris. He had to report for jury duty, and I am anticipating. I am, I am betting. If we could bet on such things, I would put a healthy wager on the fact that he would be dismissed, summarily dismissed from service, and they'd stamp his paper and say, "Okay, you got a couple more years, and then we'll call you back again. We'll see." I, I thank you for being here. I know that uh, Jasmine's been handling a lot of calls and Michael Piercy, you know, got called into duty without his normal guy here in the chair. But I'm here over the weekend. There was a lot going on in Iowa as the Iowa State Fair, traditionally a place for politicians to gather an election uh, primary years, the lead up to an election, shake hands, kiss babies, do that whole thing and uh, pander. To the people gathered there, uh, witness a small montage of said political pandering. Everything starts in Iowa. We all know that, don't we? Y'all have chicken in a waffle on a stick. <laughs> Woo! I got to try that one. And he stops and he says, Daddy, is this heaven? <laughs> I said, no, son, it's Iowa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, every politician does the same thing. And I think we're all looking for one that just lets it go and speaks without the teleprompter. Just kind of like like President Trump when he is uh, hit with some of the questions he got. And uh, there was one reporter who was kind of rude to President Trump when he arrived in Iowa. President Trump, did you intend to overturn the 2020 election? You know the answer. Mr. President, Mr. Trump, will you comply with the protective order from the judge? Someone else here? So this is their, I guess this is their Peter Ducey. Uh, they've got a guy who's assigned to try and get his face in front of President Trump and, and ask questions that he knows. And, and at one point, President Trump called him a wise guy. It's a wise guy question, which is good. So I guess uh, we're, we're seeing which of the candidates can fire back. Donald Trump can fire back. Joe Biden cannot. Also, uh, we've been talking about the special counsel appointed, uh, Mr. Weiss appointed, David Weiss appointed, even though it's a violation of uh, the U.S. regulations. No government employee is supposed to be allowed to be appointed a special counsel. But uh, uh, Merrick Garland doesn't care, really does. He's not going to enforce that. IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley was uh, asked about the appointment of the special counsel on CNN and had something very interesting to say this past weekend. Well, I know that on October 7th, 2022, he told that group in that room as corroborated by another individual that was in that room that he requested special counsel authority after going to DC, President Biden, US attorney, uh, appointed US attorney to have charges for 2014, 2015 uh, years there and that he was denied that authority from Maine DOJ and he was told to follow the process. Now you uh, discuss these letters on June 7th of this year and June 30th. The June 7th letter says, I have full authority. That was before uh, uh, Special Agents Eagle and I testified in front of the House Ways and Means Committee. And then the June 30th letter, letter is released after our testimony was voted out by that committee and made public. And it was clear that United States Attorney Weiss uh, uh, change his story because he says I have full authority to charge the June 30th letter he he echoes that saying I have full authority to charge and it's a very important paragraph then he has right then where he says 
after that, he says, I, I don't have the authority to charge outside of Delaware. I would have to partner with a U.S. attorney where a venue exists. And this announcement uh, uh, yesterday, it's, it's absolute unquestionable vindication of Special Agent Ziegler and I coming forward, because this is the crux of the issue that we brought forward to House Ways and Means Committee and the House Oversight Committee. Political interference was at the very heart of what was going on in the DOJ with U.S. Attorney Weiss, who is now Special Counsel Weiss. It was politicized from the beginning, from the very beginning. Shapley is 100% correct. And uh, God bless him for standing up there. I can't believe CNN didn't take him out. You know, usually they would have given him the hook. They would have come in and said, no, no, you got to go. But they didn't. They actually let that happen. We had a couple cases of outbreaks of journalism happening over the weekend. There were a couple on CNN and there were one or two on uh, on CBS News. But I think a lot of that has to do with Catherine Herridge being over at uh, CBS News these days. And I, I hope that continues. Uh, we're going to see where this goes. Uh, we're also going to keep our, our eyes on all the investigations into what happened in Maui. Was it something the electric company did that exacerbated the situation that caused those fires to grow and spread because of the winds that were blowing? I didn't even get to the story about uh, why, uh, is it m and Yes, it's M&M's, uh, Skittles, are uh, trying to become the new Bud Light. If you want to know what I'm talking about, next time you're in the store, do a quick scan of the Skittles in the candy aisle. There's actually a package of Skittles that is uh, uh, sporting a rainbow and the words, in, it looks like graffitied words in a cartoon full of playground kids. Black trans lives matter. I'm sorry, what? I just want to buy candy. I don't want to be sold your indoctrination. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Michael Piercy. Thank you, Jasmine. Uh, Till next time, I hope it's Chris Plant tomorrow. It's Michael Pelka reminding you, testudo, my friends, testudo. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.